Listening Dog Media. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Athletic. And welcome to the Offside Rule. I'm Kate Borsay joining you this week and alongside me, it's the Premier League's finest reporter in the whole wide world, Lindsay Hooper. Hi, Lindsay. Thank you, Kate. <laughs> My lifelong friend. If you can't yes, be given she's... a title, just award it to yourself. Is she's I so say. good, people steal her questions. I know that for a fact. <laughs> well, that little voice nipping up there is Sky Sports News' finest anchor in the whole wide oh. world, Hayley McQueen. Hi, Hayley. Hi. I will take that. I will take that. Hello. Thank you very much. Lovely to have some company, even though I can't see you all. Feels like you're right there with me. Yeah. Uh, well, I had my evening with you, Hayley, because I was watching all on um, deadline day. Oh, so there thanks. you go. I got I got to spend yeah. some time with you via my oh, telly box. Well, I, if I'd have known, I'd have given you a wave and a shout out. <laughs> or, or like a secret cue. Yes. Secret wave or secret sign of some sort. Yeah. We used you need to you know, write something down on a piece yeah. of paper, Haley, and just flash it in front do of the know, camera. I, do you know what we used to do? We used to have this thing where you would read out people's emails when they'd emailed in their opinions, yes. you to us at Sky Sports. And I used to always, I mean, half of it was made up. We did, of course, get emails from viewers and I would read them out, but I would always use my old school teacher's names like <laughs> Mr. So-and-so or Mrs. So-and-so so that all my school friends were watching would would, would know yeah, so we had a bit quite of quite some revelation. It was, yeah, I was trying to get it's in It's a good job it wasn't names. a game show. That's all I can say. Otherwise, yeah. Ofcom would be on the phone. Uh, not just sorry. at the transfer <laughs> deadline day this week. Lots of big football news, big mm. scorelines, big sendings off. A very quiet game between Wolves and Arsenal, Lindsay. <laughs> yeah, I was I was there for that one and I thought this is going to be the craziest game of the week. And mm. it, it actually hasn't been, has it? I, mean, I think there have been so many... Uh, twists and tails in the Premier League this week. But yeah, to have two sending offs in one match, um, I thought the David Luiz one was a bit harsh, actually. But I, I mean, it, it does was. it does go to the letter of the law as it is. The, the really insane thing is mm. if he'd have gone to try and make an attempt to get the ball, he would have just got a yellow and stayed on the pitch. Mm. But because he didn't, and it, it was actually more accidental, but 
I, there was definitely clipping of, it, of his knee and the, the back of his ankle as he went to go and shoot for Jose. Um, th- then he gets sent off uh, in in the fashion that David Luiz tends to do, isn't it? Yes. In, the, in the first half. And, and then Leno just... I actually think he was so scared at the prospect of Traore running at him that it made him lose his senses for a moment. And he you thought, oh, I forgot I'm outside the box. Yeah. <laughs> um, not just that game, another 9-0 defeat for Southampton and poor Ralph Hasenhutl as well. Um, what's the worst day that you two oh. have had, of, had at work? Does it sort of remind you? Because it's not... I mean, obviously, it's not just his first... 9-0, is it? feels like Groundhog Day, doesn't it, for most of us stuck at home at the moment. Um, but it was well and truly Groundhog Day for Southampton. Um, had any shockers at work, Hayley? Oh, broadcast. I mean, yeah, there have been plenty. I mean, there's the old, OK, it's not quite as bad as losing 9-0, but wearing a cream dress and spilling coffee all down the front <laughs> of it. But luckily, it was back in the day where we would print the, we'd have the scripts printed on paper. And I just kind of held this pad of paper up in front of me as if I'd just done the little special opening credits, you know, shuffle of the papers as the news comes to air and just had to hold it there for as long as I could until we got to an ad break. And then, of course, there was a barrage of tweets. Oh, you've changed. You're, t- you're wearing something different. Why did you get changed? Have you had an accident? And I'm like, yes, I have had an accident. They're like, yes. oh. um, oh, going into work or reporting on a game after a heavy defeat is awful. I have done that a few times with Manchester United. As Lindsay, you'll be the same as well. Um, mm. It's just horrible when you're having to interview a manager and you know they do not want to be there. They, they do not they want to speak to you, don't. but they have an obligation. You I, it just, it's that. St- you get that horrible sick feeling in your tummy mm. you just know that they don't want to be there you don't even want to be there either my so. my worst day at work didn't come in the world of football it came in oh. the world of sailing um I did a world tour in 2012 and it it was a sport that I didn't know too much about. I'd really had to do my homework and reading up on it. And the very first event, the very first regatta was in Germany, um, but we'd had no wind. And there were two hour multicast shows live to 10 different countries and no racing to talk no about. Sailing. So all oh, all we had was was highlights from the year before to oh keep gosh. referring back to. So we did two hours. <laughs> so anyone in broadcasting, I'm going to hear Hayley wince right now, uh, will know what I mean when I say that the director in your earpiece, um, you've run out of VTs, you've run out of everything, and we've got 13 <laughs> minutes, 13 minutes to go. And he said, 13 minutes till off 13 air. 13 minutes, oh my goodness <laughs> wow. I had I had to go and lie down afterwards in a dark room. I had such a bad migraine trying to talk about something that I'd had to swat up on um, for 13 minutes nonstop at the end of the programme. And when I said that final link, you know, come back tomorrow and visit the website, I thought, I don't know whether I'll be here. (laughs) (laughs) I had, um, just talking of food-related disasters at work, uh, not in sports broadcasting, um, but but on TV, on, you know, real Mm -hmm. live TV. I used to eat bananas to keep me going because it used to be quite late at night when when I first started out on TV. And um, throughout one rushed kind of break, I think I'd, I'd eaten some banana and it had fallen a bit had fallen down my top yeah. um so as the program went on this this little splurge it basically oh, fell down my cleavage it looked this, like a big this, bogey this splurge of banana <laughs> started to leak through the top oh no um, in, in not a great place um, you had a couple oh. of moments on that late night telly oh you I did. fainted I fainted yeah. as well there is yeah. actually still the video on YouTube yes, if you put yeah. Kate Borsay faints much. live on TV <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> lots and lots of searches for that one. Although there actually yeah. isn't some very nice comments, very very untrue, very blasphemous comments um, underneath oh, that one. So there we go. That's not nice. All right, ladies, let's concentrate on the show ahead. And you'll be delighted to know there is an animal theme to this week's show. It was inspired by uh, Henry Winter and an article that he had in The mm. Times where he alluded to Roman Abramovich being the man who shot Bambi. In other words, who sacked Frank Lampard. So that is going to give us the inspiration for the show today. Instead of taking up that gym membership that you wouldn't use even if the gyms were open, how's about subscribing to The Athletic for just £4 a month as a New Year's resolution? You'll get unrivaled football coverage with analysis and in-depth features from the very best writers around, exclusive Q&As with Athletic staff and ad-free versions of all of The Athletic's podcasts, including this one. Find out more and sign up today at theathletic.com slash offside. Okay, topic one. We're going to focus on the transfer window. If we're to relate this to animals, it could be the window that you look through at the zoo. That doesn't quite work, does it? Anyway, deadline day. We need to reference this and it would be remiss of us not to discuss what was a fairly tepid day, Mm. really. Um, Big day for Sky Sports. It always is, of course, Hayley, but no yellow worn by you this time. In fact, no yellow much at all. We were allowed to wear what we want, which was great. We weren't told this is what you have to wear. I mean, I kind of went against the yellow. Natalie was just so good at wearing the yellow with the dark hair and it, it, it suited her. And I think it was great when her and Jim used to match up. And then when I started to do them as well, because I've got my yellow hair. Um, didn't quite work <laughs> with yellow. my colour skip pale yellow hair. campaign to get rid of the yellow. <laughs> yeah. So I just used to wear black, which is also slimming. So I was quite happy with that. And then as the years went on, I'd add a little yellow belt or a little hint of yellow. But um, I went with navy blue and black this year. Did Jim wear a yellow tie? I'm not even sure if he did, did he? I'm um, not sure he did. And you, to be, to be very 2021 about it, mm. you actually wore recycled clothes. We did. Did. So Sky are definitely changing the way they do a lot of things and they wanted to make sure that we all had a better understanding of what it meant to be sustainable. So a lot of us, I mean, we rewear our clothes anyway. I'm not Holly Willoughby who has a fresh new outfit every single day to wear on screen. Nothing wrong with that, Holly quite often purchase what she wears. But we recycle a lot of what we wear. By that, I mean, we wear it again, but we started to wear recycled clothing. And um, yes, Sky basically have made a commitment to be zero net carbon by... Oh gosh, I can't remember what year it is, but it's it's in the not too Sometime. distant future. Yeah, yeah. Well, well done to them. So, yeah. how are we going to relate this transfer window and deadline day to animals? Well, <laughs> our Lindsay, 
<laughs> like no, sound effect. we're not going to do that. Uh, instead, our Lindsay's come up with the tortoise and the hare. So yeah. of the deadline deals that took place, which were slow and steady and curated oh. during the window and happened to land on deadline day uh, right at the final bell, and which ones were more hare-like, which ones were hmm. a mad rush to make a signing because needs must, right? So I'd like to look at the clubs that took it slow and steady and the clubs that had a mad race for the deadline. Um, Lindsay, I'm going to ask you to chip in first. I think I'll go with Jesse Lingard first and the fact that his loan move to West Ham, given that he had the dream debut scoring two goals. And I think West Ham fans are probably rubbing their hands together going, great bit of business. We knew exactly what we were doing. And I and I think they did. You know, they've got hold of a really good player. They've got an attacking threat now going forward. I think that was probably just one of the areas with um, Socek as well. I think that Lingard is like that perfect addition. But let's not take anything away from Manchester United with this business. I think it's been well thought out and I think mm. there could be a huge return for Manchester United. This is a loan move to West Ham and that's mm. the important part about it. He can go, he can shine, he can score two on his debut, he can keep doing very well for West Ham and what that will do is elevate his price so that when the mm. time comes and Lingard, let's face it, is surplus to requirements at Manchester United, I can't see him getting back in that team but what they want to do from it is make a bucket load of cash if they can and it's going to help that Mm. cause so I think it's well thought out really from both parties yes well we'll get some more for you in just a mo but it's but it's worth mentioning isn't it 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 was a pretty tepid deadline day um, just simply because it was mainly loan deals and that was probably about reducing wage bills really I think the summer transfer window was pretty active but now clubs particularly now they know that the pandemic isn't going to finish anytime soon a lot of the clubs are being more cautious about their spending and so lots of loan deals tidying up squads taking numbers down a lot of that around and um, Hayley give me one of yours yes I've gone with Lindsay's team and I've gone with a, a, an incoming at Wolves and an outgoing yeah basically the same player was brought back in January and then shipped out again uh, Patrick could try Would you say it was a bit of a saga, Lindsay? Because he returned from Fiorentina in December. He obviously played for Wolves in three games. There was the Palace games. He had a cup game, Everton and West Brom. Didn't quite hit it off when you signed him initially anyway. Um, He then went to Fiorentina, had a very unhappy spell there. He was then linked with a switch to Udinese. That didn't quite work out. Um, And then Valencia came in and made sure they snapped him up on loan until the end of the season. But yeah, he was brought back in in January. But unfortunately for him, you then made sure that you signed William Jose, a brilliant signing. I think obviously you're going to get a lot more from him than you are Patrick Catroni, which is a a real shame for him. But it Mm. it just meant that as soon as uh, William Jose was brought in, Catrone's future was kind of back in the balance. And then again, it was like, I'd just broken the news about him returning from his loan spell and then he was shipped out again. What do you make mm. of it all? Oh, he was very much a hare. I think you're right. I think if we're going to go tortoise or hare, he's the hare, isn't he? Herring around all over Europe. Uh. Um, no thanks to, to wolves. Um, for some reason, Nuno has decided already, I think, that he didn't fancy mm. him, but he had to have a backup plan in case he didn't get another striker through the door. He did. Uh, that freed up the availability then for him to go out on loan to Valencia. I think it's very similar to United, Haley. I think Wolves, because they paid quite a lot of money for him, I think they want him to do well somewhere, hence the loan move, mm. so that they then can can get at get least a bit of that money back. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Um, well, Liverpool 
boosted their central defensive options. They obviously needed to. Some say it was bad planning. But actually, I think you've got one example of a tortoise and one example of a hare here. The hare being Ben Davis in that last-minute transfer. Mm. Obviously, he was uh, meant to go elsewhere. He had a sort of pre-contract with Celtic. It wasn't signed, um, just to show how how hare-like, how last-minute this was. Um, And uh, in the end, Liverpool gazumped Celtic with a £1.6 million Mm. deal for him. Um, And that means that the deal although it's a hair deal, although it's a rush deal, it is relatively low risk um, unless another defender picks up an injury, of course. Um, And he would have been uh, out of contract with Ben Davis uh, with Preston at the end of the season anyway. Mm. Um, I mean, this is Roy the Rover stuff for Ben Davis, isn't it? In terms of his short-term confidence, of course, it's a massive, massive boost. But when you look at his long-term confidence and the planning around it, does he accept that he'll be a squad player and used when he's needed, albeit that's immediately at the moment, um, or will this do more for him? So I'm not I'm not mm. totally sure how it's going to work out. And even Jurgen Klopp's sort of perhaps questioned the long-term prospect of it. He has mm. basically alluded to the fact that, that, you know, Davis was born and bred Pe- uh, Preston, a player who was there for his whole life and that it is more about the potential that Liverpool see in him. I think he'll be very carefully managed for that. The mm. first outing that he makes with Liverpool is is going to be key. And I think after what we've seen with Southampton this week, sh- shipping that nine goals again, and we saw a very young player coming into the squad that got dismissed after just a couple of minutes, there's a real learning process from that mm. for any player going into a new team, be it after the, the deadline day or just coming through from an academy point of view. It, it's just breathe isn't it I think for that first match just play it safe um yeah. when we got into this business I remember when I was doing radio and I did my, my first show it was like don't try and do anything clever just get from one song to another don't try and overcomplicate <laughs> it with lots of different beds and things don't try and be clever yeah, yeah. And the football equivalent yeah. I, I, I don't think he's got too much pressure on him either it's not like oh he's coming to solve all of our problems and we expect so much from this guy you know I think I think he's going to find that he'll go try and enjoy himself, relish the challenge. But I yeah, don't think people so. are hoping that, you know, he's going to go in and magically turn things around and work wonders because he was such a surprise. It's like, OK, we'll give this yeah. a go. It's a good little bit of business. It was an and, opportune um, move, wasn't it? Yeah. On 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 sort of both sides. And it was rushed because of the season ending, uh, ending injury to Joel Matip as well. And that, and that provoked really the business. Um, we're obviously... Liverpool obviously without Virgil van Dijk and Joe Gomez as well um, and that then spurs the other signing uh, of Ozan Kabak from Schalke which I think was more of a tortoise this one was worked out throughout the window in fact if you're to believe what Liverpool say this was actually a player uh, Kabak's a player that they've been watching since the end of last summer so that one was built throughout the window and he looks a great signing as well it is a loan deal with an option to buy him from um, Schalke uh, for an initial £18 million in the summer um great bit of business because Liverpool get to try before they buy effectively and this is one of Schalke's top players you know Schalke are having a terrible time in the Bundesliga they're right at the bottom um so for them to lose their star player in this fashion just reeks of desperation but it's also meant that Liverpool could could sort of come in and swoop him up and and if he doesn't work out he can go straight back can't he hmm 
Um, I gave you my tortoise earlier, so Jesse Lingard. I think Damari Gray could have been in that conversation as well, going from Leicester to Bayer Leverkusen. I think some time ago, Brendan Rodgers decided that he could move on. And I think he will flourish in Germany. He's the sort of player that will run rings in Bundesliga, I think, over at Bayer Leverkusen. Um, I do wonder if they'll they'll miss him a little bit. Um, but they have got Undair that's come through. Madison's in great form. Tielemans. I mean, they literally, Leicester at the moment, they're, they're really ticking, aren't they? So Brendan Rodgers, doesn't tend to do rush business. Um, he's he's clearly been behind that one. So coming on to my hair, the panic, the rush at the end of the window, it came in the championship and it, it came from a, a Premier League team to the championship, I think, mm-hmm. in Glenn Murray going to Nottingham Forest. He's been reunited with Chris Hewton and this is because the team, Nottingham Forest, uh, in the championship, struggling towards the bottom, one place, three points above relegation. They were talked about at the start of the season as potentially being promotion contenders. They're nowhere near that. It mm-hmm. is panic stations. They need something. They need goals. So Chris Hewton's gone to a tried and tested source. It's a short-term deal until the end of the season. I don't think it's necessarily a bad one. I think, you know, if you know a player can score goals, um, we know that strikers are a rare commodity to come by where they literally take off where they where they left. Um, if he happens to do that, Murray with Hewton, it will be welcome for Forest fans at the moment. So it is rushed, it is panicked, it is hair-like, but it could actually be a good bit, bit of business and that they might end up finishing mm, mid-table. Mm. Um, I'll throw in Ainsley Maitland-Niles. Uh, West Brom signed him on deadline day from Arsenal. Beat off some stiff competition, did West Brom actually, from a few others. So while this had been sort of tortoising along, uh, it then became a hare because it was all a bit of a rush at the end. Southampton were among those clubs interested in Ainsley Maitland-Niles, but they withdrew because they were frustrated by the indecision on his part. Sam Allardyce has obviously pushed really, really hard for him. Um, uh, Maitland-Niles needs games and Sam Allardyce has obviously made assurances about that. Question marks about where he'll play. Um, his mm. favoured position is at midfield, but of course when we've seen him play for England, it's mostly been at wing-back. Um, so it depends depends how it how it works out positionally. Um Arteta has said the move is to support Ainsley and his growth further. Um so it'll be interesting to see how this one works out. It is all about, isn't it, getting games, getting games, getting experience and with that question mark of position. I honestly thought he'd come to Wolves. I really did, did because you? he's such he's such a versatile player. He plays in so many positions and that is what Nuno loves. Um, and then when we've but that's seen what that he doesn't like, does he? Because Maitland-Niles is, is, you know, I think prefers to be a midfielder. Yeah, maybe, and maybe so that's maybe what it came like down ambition. to. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Okay, well, as ever, every week, whilst all the kids are at home, and don't we love it, we are continuing our <laughs> homeschool theme. So let's spin the subject wheel. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Made me jump out my seat. Uh, that has... Wow. Are we doing zoology? <laughs> We're not going as complex as zoology. We're going for simple biology. biology 
That's right. So that's our subject choice of the week. So we're going to be looking at the football ecosystem, the study of living organisms. That's what biology or a lot of it is about. So let's take that studying and look at the relationships between the living organisms that are footballers, managers and club chairman or club owners. So the people in football, when it goes right, and when it goes wrong, and this has been inspired by André Villas-Boas this week, who was sacked by Marseille. He basically handed in his resignation during a press conference after the club signed a player against his wishes. Villas-Boas didn't want to bring in midfielder Olivier Enchamp from Celtic, um, but Marseille signed him anyway. So there you go. That caused... Uh, the big kerfuffle in that particular press conference. So let's look at worst manager-owner duos, best uh, manager-owner duos, and you can chuck some manager-footballer duos into this as well. Lindsay? Given that I spoke in the in the topic that we've just done about Chris Hewton being reunited with Glenn Murray, I wanted to talk about a really good current union uh, between Carlo Ancelotti and Hamas Rodriguez. The fact that, you know, Carlo signed the Colombian at three different clubs now, Real Madrid, Bayern and now Everton. Rested him this week as we record the show, uh, think that, thinks that he's maybe done quite a lot of minutes and wants to protect him. But wow, in terms of a link up between a player and a manager, it's like father-son stuff, isn't it? This mm. You feel like Carlo really just puts his big arm around Hammers and says, come on, come with me, I'll show you the light. Um, and, and that is the the takeaway from this season. When I look at relationships on, on the field, I think that's one of the ones that immediately sprang to mind. Okay, so this is my worst. Basically, anyone that worked underneath Sir Alex Ferguson. Now, plenty of his players made it into management and as coaches, but none of his number twos quite made it. Even though he had great relationships with Brian Kidd, Steve McLaren, Carlos Quiros, Mike Phelan, none of them quite managed to cut it themselves when they left Manchester United. They, I know Steve McLaren went on to be the England manager. I know he had a good few spells, Derby and Middlesbrough, but none of them had longevity. Maybe I'm being a little bit unfair, but I'm just saying as much as you learn from Sir Alex Ferguson, if you're his number two, you're basically a little bit screwed unless you've played under him. What about an owner and manager? Which manager's have loved their owners so much and which owners adore their managers so much that they keep them in a job and keep giving them a chance mm-hmm. over and over and over. What about the owner of a club who appointed himself as manager? <laughs> Basically, nobody <laughs> and then was as good. you don't have good. to worry about the relationship, do you? Exactly. <laughs> nobody was as good as himself, okay? He's a self-entitled entrepreneur, artist, political commentator, poet, and now one of English football's greatest visionary would-be managers. That's right. Um, Carlisle, when they were in Division 2 in 1997, got rid of Mervyn Day. So this was Michael Knighton who got rid of Mervyn Day, couldn't decide who was going to come in to be the inspiration for the sign and thought, you know what? I can do this. So he appointed himself and then he fell out with himself. He fell out with himself after winning just 19. Kate was convinced that couldn't happen. (laughs) No, of his 68 games in charge and he actually sacked himself. So what a relationship he's had uh, with himself as a manager. He he then sensibly appointed Nigel Pearson in 1998. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, 
he couldn't help them avoid the drop. Jimmy Glass came in to save them, dropping out of the Football League, actually with the very last kick of the season. So he did finally appoint someone who came and saved his beloved club, but he couldn't even save them himself. So just a little bit of a word of warning, because a lot of these owners, chairmen, whoever else, think they can do a better job than the manager, which is why they decide on some of these big deals. But you put yourself in that position and you might not quite find it as easy. There you go. <laughs> that reminds me of the former Billericay Town owner. Uh, yeah. Glenn Tamplin, who basically bought Romford, signed 15 players, sacked the boss and made himself his made himself, made himself yeah. manager all on the first day. Oh. So it's a terrific piece of work there. Well wow. done. Um, I'm going to speak about, well, I will stick kind of in the sort of slightly lower leagues and look at Lincoln City only because um, both the managers uh, or, you know, in the past and in the present too, the manager... Um, of Lincoln City, currently being Michael Appleton, and the fans love the owner, Clive Nates. Um, he's sort of become a bit of a local hero, really. He was a former hedge fund manager from Johannesburg, and he bought the club, um, gosh, must be about five years ago now. Um, and when you bear in mind where Lincoln City were at that point, um, they'd been relegated years before from the bottom rank of English professional footballer. There were still creditors grumbling and the club was in um, a bit of a state. But along came Clive Nates and a you know group of other part owners or a group of other investors, I suppose, is probably the best way um, to term them. And he just offered them immediate stability and meant that all the kind of worries about the debts that had amounted etc were cleared the immediate cash flow problem was solved and he did really you know really savvy stuff like bringing on the management duo of the Cowley brothers obviously they both mm. left to go to Huddersfield um and he's made a good signing in Michael Appleton too Lincoln City are now second in league 1 i think um at the moment um, and he's just he's just conducted himself really really well, and even recently as well, when Lincoln, like many other sort of lower league clubs, um, have been in financial difficulty because of the pandemic and the lack of match day revenue, the fans stepped up and and reinvested in the club. So there was sort of a you know beefing up of share ownership by the fans, and they were happy to do that. And that's meant that Lincoln City are in you know an okay state when you compare them to to some of their other um, rival teams. So the fans have been really involved in this one, and I think you know credit to him, credit to the owner Clive Nates. Credit to the manager as well and the relationship between owner and manager and then also, crucially, the fans. I just think it's a, it's a really good example of someone who's just done a, a really blooming good job of it. If I visualise a scale for managers and owners, on one side, weighing it down on the good side, I think is maybe Dave Whelan and Roberto Martinez. They loved each other so much, didn't they? And then on the other end, and I'm thinking of all the big ruckuses that have happened, it has to be Republic of Ireland, Mick McCarthy and Roy Keane, when oh, Roy Keane was sent wow. home, wasn't he, in that tournament? And then Ireland went on to reach the last 16 anyway, which also always makes me smile about that story. So that's my, my swinging scale in, in that department. And then only in the last week or so, bringing it right back to current times, if you talk about previous managers and clubs, Clubs. Maurizio Sarri has been talking to the Juventus YouTube channel about his relationship with the Chelsea players when he was there and he said he didn't have a very good one. It was quite turbulent with the squad and when he he does this interview and if you go on and watch he, he says that he, he talks a lot about what they do wrong and less about the good things they do and they didn't seem yeah. to like that. He said as well
well in this that he'd never live in England again. He doesn't know how other Italian coaches do it, but that he does miss the Premier League. Well, he's just fallen out with the whole of England then, hasn't he, basically, by doing that. And and kind of on that note, looking at Roman Vavramovich, he's obviously inspired the podcast this week with this, you know, with the sacking of Frank Lampard and how could you sack Bambi and all of that business. Mm. But it's really interesting if you chart back at the relationship that Roman Abramovich has had with with all of his managers and there have been, of course, a fair few of them about the fact that he obviously had a good relationship with Mourinho at, at the time so much so that Mourinho came back for a second spell at the club and it just mm. went well and truly toxic, didn't it? It just utterly, utterly fell apart. The fact that he hired his mate Avram Grant and, you know, that was a great relationship, but Avram Grant didn't then get on with the players or the fans. They didn't really rate him, despite him getting the side to the Champions League final in 2008. Um, so I, I think just, you know, it probably warrants a whole topic to itself, doesn't mm. it? Uh, what is Roman Abramovich made of his managers and how many of them um, would go back, could go back if they wanted to? I want to be a man, man cub, and stroll right into town and be just like the other men. I'm tired of mugging around. Oh, ooby-doo. I want to be like you. I want to walk like you. Talk like you. You see, it's true. And they like me. Let's get stuck into topic three uh, for no other reason than it's just made me laugh. Um, we're going to end our animal theme this week by comparing managers to animals because yes. we're in a pandemic, we're stuck at home, strange thoughts come into your head from time to time, you might be getting a bit bored. So therefore, uh, we'd like to compare managers. Haley and I are here for this. We are, yeah, well, I and just you, think, you know, why not? Do you know why I'm loving it so much? Because I have, or anyone that's listening, I've got a daughter who's just turned 16 months today, Aww. actually. Aww. Yeah. Um, and she can't talk yet. She kind of babbles along. She still doesn't say mama, dada. She goes mum, 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 mum. But that's just mm-hmm. to everything. But the one thing she does do is all the animal noises. She knows everything. And before when you were talking about the tortoise and the hare, I was trying to think, what no- Ooh, What would the noise be for a tortoise? What would the noise be for a hare? You have to get very creative with these books when there's like a camel. And I'm like, what does a camel do? Um, so now she just goes around the house barking at everything. Her favorite one is rawr, growls like a lion. And sometimes I go in in the morning morning and I've got my bed head and my hair sticking all up all over the place and she just looks at me and roars like you look like a lion <laughs> this morning. Thank you. But yeah, I the, think the, that's a compliment. I think the, it's a compliment. Well, another inspiration for this topic was Sean Dyche's press conference uh, where he's basically bangs on about lookalikes uh, for the whole thing. He was he was asked, wasn't he, about uh, the comparison between him and Mick Hucknell and then that took him on a bit of a tangent, which was most entertaining, to be honest with you. No, we're not sitting here. Yeah, we're raising ourselves to looky likeys. Looky likeys make the world go. Have you never sat in a pub? Well, although that seems like a distant memory, where your mates have just found looky likeys in the pub. It's one of the best bits of fun you'll ever have in a night. Trust me, just do it. The next time you're allowed in a pub, sit with some friends. You're probably only allowed three, but anyway, sit with some friends or something and just look for looky likeys. Brilliant. So there we go, Sean Dyche. Uh, we're going to raise you, Sean Dyche, with your pub looky likeies and your it's a great game to play with the kids on holiday looky likeies. Um, and instead, we're going to talk football managers and animal looky likeies. Who wants to get us started? First one, uh, straight away, I, I cannot 
not see it. Roy Hodgson, the yep. wise owl that yes, he is. Yep. He is. Who do we match up with Sean Dyche? What oh, do we gosh. match Sean Dyche up like with? A, I was going to say like a grizzly goat, but um, <laughs> goat is obviously very is different, that, isn't it? Yeah, is like, such a thing? Like, a, like a grizzly goat, like a, you know, like a billy goat's gruff. Billy goat's gruff. Do you know what I mean? You know what we need to do, don't you? We need to get Ayla. We need to uh-huh. sit Ayla down with oh, pictures of all of these managers and, and then see what, see what, she what, see what she, she comes says. out with. Yeah. See, I think that with Sean Dyche, there could be an element of a lion in there somewhere. Yes, I have yeah, to agree. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. No, I I'm sorry. It's the, the effects, the sound effects. Sorry, anyone listening. Although whilst we're on the topic of goat, obviously goat greatest of all time. Um, and you wonder, don't you? We all have these arguments. Is it Pelly? Is it Maradona? Is it Ronaldo? Is it the other Ronaldo? Is it Messi? Ronaldinho looks the most like a goat. I know he's not a manager, but just <laughs> he looks the most like a goat. So is You're he the original goat? There, just throwing that out there, okay? <laughs> right. I'm going to bring in Mick McCarthy because we we basically already talked about this before the show. And I said badger or maybe skunk because of the sort of black and white hair thing. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Lindsay, you say... I think eagle. For Mick McCarthy? Yeah. Are you sure? His side profile, yeah. Okay. Okay. I I can kind of see it. I I think... And also, you know what else it is that makes him an eagle? It's the eyebrows. Uh, Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I mean, eagles don't have eyebrows, but still get where you're coming (laughs) from. (laughs) I don't Uh, think so. Um, Okay. Well, if you Google grumpy old grey cat... Jose Mourinho basically pops up on your screen. It does oh, like does a it? Old grey cat. Okay, because yeah. I'd actually got him down grumpy as a meerkat. Oh, oh now there's there is a oh, lot yeah, of crossover here. Yeah, I had Tony yeah. Pulis as a meerkat. Never sits down. Always up and yes, about. Always yes, in the lands. 100%. Always popping up and down. And I had Mourinho as the pedigree dog that gets a bit sniffy from time to time. A bit oh. like an Afghan hound. Okay. Perhaps not with the hair, <laughs> but just the sort of, you know, sniffiness okay. from time to time. Who hmm. else? Well, I'm th- speaking of dogs, okay, what about Klopp as a golden retriever? I know he doesn't have long blonde locks or anything, but... But he is enthusiastic. Re- he is enthusiastic. He's lovable. He's fun. It's the most reliable dog that you can get. Everyone loves a lab. You can't go wrong with a lab. Anyone would want him as your manager, wouldn't they? It's like if you're going to decide to get a dog and you can't decide, you just go with a Labrador, wouldn't you? I don't, it's too big for me. Too big okay. a dog. Oh, um, okay. I had Steve Clark. I don't know why this came out. I think I must have seen a picture of Steve Clark this this week for some reason. Um, I've got Steve Clark, bulldog or pug. Okay. Mm, yeah, may, maybe, maybe. Okay. I, I thought I've got to do my own manager, Nuno. Um, and then I was thinking about him being a goalkeeper with the arms. And then I okay. thought you, he could be a spider. Or an octopus. <laughs> oh, yeah, an octopus would be good. Do you think that uh, Bielsa looks like a tortoise? No, I'm guessing. (laughs) No, he's got a touch of the tortoise about him. The way the way that he, I tell you what, he can squat, can't he? Yes, tortoise almost. I don't know which which what what animal could just sit there squatting as long as he does? An ape, maybe an orangutan. Don't know. Uh, Who else? Um, do you know what I've got? Now, this isn't necessarily a looky-likey, but I just found this to be quite interesting because I'd never heard of this animal before. Have you heard of a capybara? No. They're a rodent, but they're a oh. friendly rodent. They are thought to be 
the friendliest animals in the world. They grow up to about four feet long and they weigh upwards of 100 pounds, okay? You might think this is a bit out there with the comparison and it's not because that's who I think he looks like, but um, they're friendly and apparently they respond extremely well to human contact. So they love everyone they come into contact with. I just thought Gareth Southgate because everyone just loves him and he's super popular, isn't he? At the moment still, I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, any more from you, Lindsay? In a waistcoat, Hayley, yeah. Um, <laughs> someone someone that uh, we've mentioned already on the show, Avram Grant, a toad. Toad, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've think, got him down. I think that one's been mentioned. I had Antonio uh, Conte and a lizard, just because of his eyes, eyes popping out, just a bit, a, a, a bit oh, lizard-like. Yeah. I can see that. He used to pull some sort of quite sort of okay. strained faces, didn't he, on the touchline. I just thought, ooh. Listen. Right now, I'm I'm really hoping that Sam Allardyce isn't listening because um, I've got him down as a warthog. Yes, well, you, <gasps> that's we well, suggested that on our group chat before this, and one other person I won't say who suggested hippo. So uh, whichever one you take, uh, neither looks particularly good. Do you remember I have been in a jacuzzi outside with <laughs> yeah, Sam Allardyce? Got, yeah, eyewitness account. I do. Up close. Yeah, it's just uh, a strong. He's a big, tall, strong man. That's oh, all. Well, like, there you go. Strong man. And, you know, clearly likes the water. Warthogs yes. and hippos it's... both like water. So that makes complete there sense. Any more for any more? I have one more. David Moyes. I nearly forgot about David Moyes. And it's something to do with his eyes. Have you seen pictures of David Moyes when he was younger as well? And his eyes looked even more... I was thinking hyena for David Moyes. Uh, so I got in within that sort of category, I think. I got mm. lemur. Okay, hmm. yeah. Okay, so familiar. Familiar. Um, All right. Well, I hope that's entertained you if you're listening to this, wherever you're listening to this. Perhaps you'd like to send some into us at Offside Rule Pod. A couple of pictures, please. Anyone good on Photoshop? Yeah, go on. Or just just one of the animal, one of the manager, send them on your tweet and uh, we will grade them out of 10 for you or certainly get back to you with some love and appreciation. Excellent. Okay. well, let's move on to any other business. All right, well, after that raucous, do you get it? Uh, it's time to get back on track. So not animal related, I don't think so. Anyway, it's time for any other business, uh, little football stories that have gone under the radar this week and need a mention. Hayley. This is a lovely little gem and it's a little bit of award-winning commentary <laughs> in a Scottish accent and this was wonderful. This was actually, I can't claim to have said I found it myself. Um, it's on Twitter. It was sent to, be by, sent to me by producer Abby. It's brilliant. And it was tweeted by um, Ewan McTeer, who says he's a Scottish guy in Madrid doing football journalism, football books, translation, and a bit of other stuff as well as podcasts. Maybe he's listening. But he's basically pulled out a little bit of commentary. You can go and watch it. His, he's on at E. McTeer. I went away for a jobby at half time. Had to squeeze quite a bit. There you go. <laughs> was actually said during the commentary of a football match. Um, yeah. Did he get Appar- fired for and it And apparently something? he got fired, yeah, yeah, Hamilton commentator, because he didn't really need to um, divulge do you think he knew that what he, sort of information. Do you think he knew what he was saying? Yeah, well, it's not like he was saying it. I've listened to it a few times. It's not like he was saying it on the quiet, like, oh, I just went away to the... 
he could have said, oh, I had to visit the gents at half time or I went to the toilet or I went to the loo. But no, he actually decided to describe what had happened. Yeah, I think that's probably down in the maybe slightly disrespectful things to say during a game of football, yeah, perhaps quite. not that important. Although, you know, I'm all up for people talking about uh, their toilet habits. Um, here's one for you. The great grandson of Italy's fascist dictator Benito Mussolini has signed for Lazio. Whoa. Uh, of course, the club is famous for being followed by a section of supporters who are notorious for salutes and racist chants at matches too. So you can imagine how this has gone down. Uh, Romano Floriani Mussolini is uh, the player's name. It's expected to appear mm. as a right back in the Italian club's youth team. There we go. Bit of uh, slightly scandalous news from Italy. Lindsay. Sebastian Allaire, who went from West Ham to Ajax earlier on in the window, um, he's been mistakenly omitted from the Europa League list for the club. Um, Ajax have had to hold their hands up and say, look, we don't know what has happened. But somehow, when they had to name uh, their 25 players, he wasn't on it. Uh, They've said that they're trying to find out from UEFA where things went wrong. (laughs) Um, I would say it might be that they forgot him. Yes, Mm. poor lad. Hayley. Emma Hayes, of course, very much linked with the vacant manager's role at AFC Wimbledon. And we thought maybe finally the day has arrived that a woman will be appointed. Do not get me started on this. Do not get me started on this. But but she's actually said, she's come out this week and said no amount of money is actually going to tempt me away and that she's got the best job in the world and she's not going to be leaving Chelsea women. And that's that. So there you go. What do you think think about this? I think the whole thing is a PR move engineered by AFC Wimbledon. Um, She didn't ask to be put on that shortlist. Suddenly, you know, all all the lines swirl. It's a great way for them to get their name in the paper, isn't it? She didn't ask for that and she wouldn't take the job. She's she's working with World Cup winning players, for goodness sake. Mm. She's, you, you know, so, yeah, mm. I was kind of annoyed on various uh, various It is going to happen at some point. There will be, yes, and it, it may even be her just that, that ends up being the person. It's just a useless distraction. She's not, she's not interested in that job. She's doing a really, you know, why not talk about the amazing job that she's doing? At no, Chelsea I agree. With, with but all, all I'm saying is, let's be real about it. There will be a furore yes. around the first time it happens. Yes. It will be the mm. same when we have a player that comes yeah. out in the game, in, in the men's side of things. Mm. Um, but I'd like that, it to there be will be. it's a genuine prospect rather than a men's club deciding that it would be great press for them. And then this is my interpretation of the, the, the men's club deciding it would be great press to add her on the list, uh, the manager shortlist, because what happens when Emma Hayes is added onto a managerial shortlist or she's discussed in terms of a managerial vacancy, it picks up loads of press. So there you go. Mm. I got grumpy about that this week. Mm. Okay. Seeming as the transfer window has just closed, um, I thought I would bring some attention to an article I read. I think it was in The Sun, this one, about Arsenal and how they've made profit on just eight transfers in 10 years. I think when you consider this latest window, where they've let players go out on a free, like Meza Ozil, who they bought for 42.3 million. Mustafi as well, that's gone under the radar, I think. He went to Schalke, 36.9 million, left on a free. Uh, Mkhitaryan went on a free, 30.6 million. Welbeck, they lost 18 million on. And then you look at sort of their best money spinner. Do you know who that is? Go on. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, who who they made about 21.8 million. They bought him from Southampton for 12.4, sold him for 34.2. And he tops the list. I mean, that is it. You know, you've got Emmy Martinez that went to Villa earlier on. Olivier Giroud makes it. But really highlighting that they haven't in the last 10 years spent money wisely or or done very well from a business point of view with the football Mm. club. 
Here's a slightly bizarre one, uh, and it's sort of related to deals and transfers. This is the details of Messi's contract with Barcelona. They were Mm. leaked by El Mundo at the weekend. Um, The deal obviously famously expires this summer, but we found out a bit more detail about it. The most curious thing to me is that there is an article in it with an obligation that Messi has to learn the Catalan language. And apparently when he signed in 2017, it was all about Barcelona cementing Messi's place as a man of the city rather than just an amazing player. Um, It also said that Messi must adopt an adequate personal conduct and pace of life and not engage in doping uh, as well, which sort of is obvious, but um, I love the adopt an adequate personal conduct and pace of life. (laughs) I quite like that in one of my contracts, if that's okay. Wow. Uh, Hayley, thank you. Lindsay, thank you. It's time for us to say our goodbyes, ladies, now. So, how do you find us? Well, it's at Offside Rule Pod on Twitter and on Insta. Don't forget to get involved with the manager animal lookalikes, please. Uh, you can also find us online as well, offsiderulepodcast.com for our website, where there's loads of great content for you to check out. Fresh stuff up nearly every day. And, Hayley, how does someone leave us a review? It's so easy. You just basically head to wherever it is that you listen to us and you give us a, I think five stars is what we're (laughs) hoping for. Anything less won't let you (laughs) select that option. So don't try it. Just click on the five stars and tell us how much you've enjoyed listening to our podcast. So there you go. Easy peasy. Until next time, it's goodbye from us. You've been listening to The Offside Rule, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Keep up to date with everything Offside at OffsideRulePodcast.com and by following at OffsideRulePod on Twitter and Insta. Check out all of the Athletics football podcasts on Apple, Spotify and all the usual places or listen ad-free on the Athletic app. The Offside Rule is a Muddy Knees Media production. The Athletic. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.